Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 1 of the Friendly Dungeon Master. This podcast follows the exploits of a group of adventurers as they traverse the land of Talaris, a vibrant landscape filled with political intrigue, terrifying monsters, ancient cults, and a pantheon of deities struggling to regain their power in the world. We begin much smaller than that, however. In fact, we begin with a single individual making her way towards the capital city of Talim. Sunset is always a beautiful time of day. It's not quite night, but the first hints of darkness begin to creep in and put the world to bed as the sun ends its journey through the sky. As Winfred Gwynevere walked along the dusty, hard-packed road heading northward towards the great city of Talim, she reflected upon her view. The earthen roadway before her cutting a brown line through an otherwise vividly green sea of grass. The tall trees, perpetually green and vibrant to the east, ending abruptly at the roadway. The farmlands, golden with grain to supply the nearby villages and plantations, swaying in the breeze to the west, ready to be picked the next day. Her view was beautiful, she thought, and worthy of protection. As the sun crept downward toward the jagged peaks of the western horizon, the elven woman decided to make camp for the night. Feeling more comfortable in the woods than camping out on the open road, she strode into the forest, searching for a suitable place to hang her hammock. Her footfalls making virtually no sound, she moved quickly and purposefully through the thick growth of the forest. She found a small copse of trees clustered together, providing some shelter from any sudden inclement weather, though that was rare this far north but close enough together to string her hammock between the two closest trunks. Her resting place secured, Winfred then took to the surrounding undergrowth and dirt, finding an abundance of mushrooms and edible berries for her evening meal. Satisfied, she returned to her makeshift campsite and, using her druid craft, conjured a small campfire within a carefully dug-out recess in the earth. She skewered her fungal finds and roasted them, enjoying a lovely, if simple, meal before retiring for the night. Being of elven heritage, Winfred did not require sleep in the traditional sense. Rather, she lay in her hammock, eyes closed, breathing even, and entered a trance-like state. She was still perfectly aware of her surroundings, but the meditation allowed her senses to remain active even as her mind rested. This practice had been difficult for her to master in her youth, but over the years she had perfected the art, and it had served her well on several occasions. Tonight would be no different. About an hour into her meditation, Winfred heard the distinct sound of twigs snapping near where her campfire, now extinguished, had been. Keeping perfectly still, she opened her eyes immediately, her trained senses alerting her wondering mind that something was amiss. She peered into the darkness at a hunched-over figure searching the area, looking for something. Seeing that its back was to her, Winfred slowly rose from her hammock, carefully picking up her short bow and slinging her quarterstaff around her shoulder as she rose. The creature that had disturbed Winfred's rest seemed to be humanoid, but was too far away for her to make out any details. She assumed the worst, however, and decided that she would observe it with her bow drawn. She needed a better vantage first, however, so she began scaling one of the trees that her hammock hung from. Her familiarity with the woods could not keep her foot from slipping as she climbed, though, and as the branch she was using as a foothold snapped, she heard the creature's breath inhale sharply. 
She turned her head towards the figure, now standing upright, and saw that it was indeed human-looking. It appeared male and wore tattered leather armor that looked pieced together from different sets, some parts being far too small, others too large. In one hand appeared a small crossbow, and in the other a wicked-looking scimitar, badly dinged and bent in places, but seemingly sharp enough. As the man saw the druid climbing the tree, he muttered something she couldn't make out, but she recognized the sounds of the orcish language in it. Fury rose within her chest as a wave of memories came flooding back, unbidden, into her mind. She fought the terrible nightmares away, steeling herself against the pain they brought with them, and focused on the present danger. There would be time for memories later. Winford continued climbing quickly, seeking to gain cover in the tall tree she had climbed into. As she climbed, she heard a bolt being loosed from the crossbow behind her. She ducked to the side as the bolt slammed into the trunk next to her head, missing her by inches. Angered at the unprovoked attack, but wanting to know the exact nature of this creature, Wynne rounded the trunk of the tree and climbed down the opposite side, dropping the last few feet to the ground. Another bolt whizzed by her head as she rounded the base of the trunk, her quarterstaff out to defend herself. With a determined grimace, the druid raced forward, moving faster than her attacker. Coming close to the prowler, Winford quickly assessed the appearance of the man. He looked human, to be sure, but there was a slight point to the ears, a pale greenish tint to the skin, and a sickly yellow in his eyes that belied his heritage. When he opened his mouth and revealed rows of two sharp teeth, her suspicions were confirmed that this creature was of orcish descent. She knew that orcs took human concubines and slaves, and that their offspring were not uncommon in the southern regions of Talaris, but to Winfred, this creature was a living testament to the greed and selfishness of the entire orc species. To add to her immediate distaste for this wretch, his mismatched armor and damaged weaponry indicated that he was nothing more than a common bandit. He was here to take her belongings, likely back to his group, which would not be far away. He would also have no qualms about killing anyone who got in his way. More selfishness, more greed, more disregard for common decency. The fury rose in her chest, threatening to overwhelm her again. She was not helpless anymore. Her quarterstaff whirled in her hands, coming down in a sweeping arc over her head. Quicker than she anticipated, however, the bandit sidestepped the blow, lashing out with his scimitar. Winfred read the attack easily and knocked it aside with her staff, the thrust feral and untrained. The two exchanged another set of blows, neither able to land a solid hit on the other, and ended up with the two facing one another, sweating and looking for an advantage. Who are you? What are you doing in my camp? She asked. Killing an elf, looks like, was the growled response, punctuated by a jab of the bandit's nicked and twisted blade. As Winfred sidestepped the blow yet again, however, the bandit used the opening to make a run for it. She turned back just in time to swing out with her staff toward his legs, but he was too far away too quickly, and her attack missed. The internal struggle began immediately. Whether she should go after him, or if she should pack up and move on quickly. Bandits rarely traveled alone. He would certainly have a larger group waiting nearby, and if he managed to get word to them quickly enough, they would overtake her if she tarried too long. Winfred's better judgment prevailed, and she began rolling up her hammock and stamping out the last few embers of her campfire. Using her childhood training, she covered all traces of her presence here and set out northward, keeping to the woods, but always with the roadway in sight. She traveled for a few hours before she felt that she had gone far enough that it would be nearly impossible to trace her path and sat against the trunk of a tree to rest. Almost reflexively, she slipped into her trance, allowing her body to rest from the engagement and fast travel. 
The hours passed by uneventfully, and Winfred found herself waking roughly four hours later, refreshed and ready to continue her journey. She had a quick breakfast of berries and mushrooms left over from the previous night's foraging and made her way back to the road. The day wore on much as the previous weeks had, the stillness of the morning broken occasionally by a hurried wagon on its way to Talim or any one of the trade villages along the route to the city. Winfred would sometimes meet other travelers walking, but they simply exchanged pleasantries and went along their way, never engaging in meaningful conversation. Some attempted to sell her their wares, seeking to do business before reaching the villages, but she always politely declined their offers. Around midday, however, something caught her attention that did cause her to stop. Over the next rise in the roadway, she spotted a wagon with a wheel missing. Getting closer, she saw that the wagon was being pulled by a single horse, old and weathered, but its driver was nowhere in sight. She moved around the wagon, curious, when she heard the muffled cursing and grunting of someone. Winfred circled to the opposite side of the wagon, now seeing the aging dwarf that had been hidden from view previously. The dwarf was dressed in a simple leather jerkin and cotton trousers. He had a long white braid, tightly woven and hanging down his back. His beard was similarly braided and was long enough to brush the grass when the dwarf bent over. He seemed to be struggling to lift a wagon wheel that, from the looks of it, had been repaired multiple times over the years. Winfred approached the dwarven man. Excuse me, sir, but are you in need of assistance? Oh, right enough I am, and many thanks to you. The two lifting together managed to lift the wagon wheel and put it into place on the empty axle. Winfred held the wheel in place while the dwarf hammered the wooden pins. Once the task was complete, the sweating and coughing dwarf introduced himself. Here now, thanks again for your help. The name's Balgus, Balgus Stonehand. My name is Winfred. And uh, it was no trouble, Master Stonehand. Uh, good day to you. Oh, no, now wait. You helped me. Surely there's some way I can repay. <coughs> Bloody cough. Can't he seem to shake it. All on account of that goblin, no doubt. Anyway, my house isn't far from here. If you'd care to come with me, have a meal with me and the missus. Oh, oh, I wouldn't want to impose upon you and your wife. Nonsense! It's the least I can do for you helping me to get my wagon back up and rolling. Very well. I will accept your generous offer, but in exchange you must tell me more about this cough of yours. Aye, right enough. As the two climbed into the wagon, Balgus began to regale Winfred with the tale of how he had acquired this persistent cough. See, it was about four months ago that a few of the village's hunters came to me and said there was a goblin sighted in a cave not far from us. Being the stoutest, most trained, I set out to find the bloody beastie and put an end to him. I found the cave and walked in. As you well know, dark ain't no matter for a dwarf, so I strode in, bold as you please. Didn't he get more than a few hundred feet inside before I spotted the fiend? Yellow he was, with eyes red as the nine hills. I raised me hammer, fixing to charge at him, but as soon as I moved forward, felt like my body was trained of strength. Couldn't even lift my hammer anymore. I felt dizzy and sick, and run out of that cave fixing to spew from both ends, if you pardon my language. <coughs> Cursed I was, and still am. That goblin's a wizard, and ain't no one stepped foot near that cave since. I've had the cough since that day, and I'm not nearly as strong as I used to be. I can still work, mind, and I can fight, but 
I'd pay a pretty penny for that goblin's head on a platter. As Balgus related his tale of this goblin wizard, Winfred's doubts grew. She knew that there were goblins who could use magic, but curses rarely manifested themselves with the symptoms that Balgus displayed. Poison, on the other hand, could do the damage quite easily. Winfred surreptitiously cast Detect Poison, and searching Balgus for any indications of poison was confirmed in her suspicions when she spotted a faintly pulsing pinprick on Balgus's left hand. Knowing the stubbornness of dwarves, however, Winfred kept this information to herself and politely nodded along with Balgus's exclamation that the goblin needed to be exterminated and his curse would be lifted. In her mind, though, Winfred had already decided that she would get to the bottom of this mystery and find a way to cure Balgus. Before she could relieve the dwarf of his ailment, she first needed to know the exact nature of the poison that had been used on him. To get that information, she would need to go to the cave of the goblin wizard. It seemed a house call was in order. Thank you for listening to The Friendly Dungeon Master, Episode 1, The Adventure Begins. Be sure to check in next week when Winfred investigates the goblin wizard and finds out what's really ailing Bulgus. Until then, feel free to visit The Friendly Dungeon Master on Facebook and Twitter, and follow along with the companion blog at scarecrow2407.wixsite.com. This podcast can also be listened to and downloaded from SoundCloud under The Friendly Dungeon Master the Apple Music Store, and Google Play. Be sure to rate and review the podcast if you enjoyed it, and if you didn't enjoy it, please drop me a line and let me know what I can do to make it more enjoyable for you. Until next time, keep it friendly, folks. <laughs>